everybody and welcome back to Chirping with ABALs. My name is Lauren and this is Carla. Hiya. Welcome back. Um, I hope you guys all had a lovely time over the summer um, and welcome to our episode. So um, at the beginning of all our episodes, we like to talk about um, the disclaimer that the things we discussed are just our thoughts and experiences. We're not claiming to know everything. Um, we're only speaking from our experience and we're very passionate about our experiences. Um, anything discussed on the previous podcast? I mean, apologies, Carl and I were both very tired. We recorded at a different time and a different day. Um, I had come from a, um, a sort of protest. So some of the content might not have been the best so far. So sorry about that. Uh, Carl, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else about um, the content from last week. No, I think I listen back because we do like our own voices, you know, make what you will of that. But um, yeah, we were just really tired. So if we sounded a bit less enthusiastic than our usual selves, we apologize because we were just kill me now <laughs> because we enjoyed the podcast so much and we don't want to stop recording. And um, yeah, that last month, it was just uh, one thing after the other. <laughs> but I think that's fine. Um, I'll just uh, let's just go into the topic today. If that's all right, Lauren. Absolutely. Go for it. Thank you. So today's topic, it's called Who Can Do ABA? And this is something we actually been wanting to do since we started the podcast, but we just felt that there were other things we could talk about first. So so this one is a topic we quite like. And we chose this topic because we wanted to address the misconception that only certain people with a certain education can perform ABA. It is very important that the people who create the procedures have certain credentials, obviously, and we, but to put it in practice does not require a BACB certification. You just need to understand basic principles such as motivation, reinforcement, etc., and be consistent with the learner. And anyone can learn and understand ABA principles. So we're going to go into stages. Uh, Laura and I, we're each going to talk about you know, uh, which areas so or the what, who, why, etc. Um, so I'll leave you with Lauren. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think Carla and I, as Carla just said, we've been so excited about talking about this topic. It's something that we're very passionate about and it's something we have conversations about very frequently. So we thought, why not put it into a podcast? So as Carla mentioned, we're going to talk about like what, who, when, etc. All the WH plus the how um, questions. So I'll start off with what. So I thought it would be um, good to start off with like what ABA is. Um, and I know we've spoken about it a little bit, um, but I really like this definition from the Lighthouse Autism Center. Um, and they basically, it's a quote. So it's applied behavior analysis therapy is a type of intensive therapy that focuses on principles and techniques of learning theory to help improve social behavior. So ABA therapy helps to one, develop new skills, Two, to shape and redefine previously to redefine previously learned skills, and three, decrease socially significant problem behaviors. And I quite quite like that definition because I think I liked the emphasis on improving social significant behavior and decreasing problematic socially significant behavior. Um, and that's key, you know. If behavior isn't socially significant, if it's not going to improve someone's life, then there's no real point in targeting it right now. Um, you know, as we've spoken about before, time is precious and we really want to focus on the most important things for this, the person that's receiving the ABA therapy. Humans, we can always be improving our behavior. We can always be tweaking and making it better. That's not necessarily only for a, autism, a person with autism or a person that has learning difficulties. And to quote from our, one of our first podcasts, I think it was um, ABA is a superpower because Carl and I are very passionate about talking about the positive sides of ABA. Um, so I'm just going to quote from my previous one is, ABA is, a, is effective because it's highly individualized and tailored for the individual. So each person or client will be assessed thoroughly in a program will be designed to suit their needs and the best way to teach that person. Um, the person is also at the center of everything. So there isn't a, progr a progress where we blame, the blame is ever on them. It's more that what are we doing that isn't working? How are we going to make this better? How are we going to improve this? Um, and I think Carla gave a really good example, but my one is always, if a flower isn't happy, so if it isn't growing okay, or it's dying, we don't necessarily replace the flower straight away. We try to give it water or we move it into the sunshine or we 
replace the soil or we might, you know, we do things to make the plant more, more happy in this environment. So we position it, we might nurture it more. So those are the kinds of things, you know, that ABA can do for someone or their behavior. So that's my what. Now Carla's going to tell us about who. Before I do, I just love that we've reached the point that on the A topic is when we're starting to quote ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking because I didn't want it to be too similar because, you know, we love to talk about how passionate we are about ABA. And I'm like, I know. I don't want to say the same thing. So I started to look at it and I was like, oh, this is a really good thing to say. Oh, yes, let's put that in there again. <laughs> well, so, yeah, sorry if podcast. you heard this. Yeah, if you've heard this a lot. Sorry, guys. Sorry, um, not I just sorry. really like podcast. We do whatever. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so let's go into who. Who should do ABA? Everybody. Let's say it again for the people at the back. Everybody. Everybody should be doing ABA. Um, and the beauty about behavior is everyone can relate as we all engage in behavior. And therefore, we can learn to understand it and learn to assess it. So one way that I, have to ex I used to explain behavior, I say, if you want to look at behavior, look at actions. So behavior is translated through actions, right? So walking is a behavior, that's an action. Throwing something is a behavior, and that's an action. Thinking, even though it's behavior we cannot see, is still an action because it's, you're thinking about something. Just because someone doesn't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Uh, but it is. It's there. It's behavior. Um, and, you know, we we are talking about peers, siblings, parents, carers, teachers, friends, and the list goes on and on and on. So everyone has behavior. Everyone, you know, like we said before, can relate to it. Um, and most people will tell you they do it already. Um, and we see it in our daily life. Some people get the reinforcement spot on. And some people just reinforce inappropriately um, behaviors, even though, of course, it's unintentional. Uh, but it happens. It just happens. We ourselves reinforce, you know, sometimes if we don't realize, um, uh, like, you know, if you give attention to a behavior that you didn't realize it was a bad behavior, you know, for example, uh, someone and this is something we do a lot, like on social media. So if you get a text on WhatsApp and it annoys you, someone says something to annoy you and you reply back and that person keeps replying and it's back and forth. You've reinforced the behavior by giving it attention. So you fed the fire, but you don't mean to. Uh, but it's, you know, some people are are harder to tune out, that some people have a higher difficulty of not engaging. I, for one, have reached the point in my life where if someone's just annoying me and they're trying to go to me, I just ignore. Literally, I ignore. I let it go and I just move on. So, you know, and then going back to ABA and children, like no one wants to teach a child or young person to scream or grab for some, something, which is unintentionally do these things um and you know i know i've done some some stuff in my lifetime and it like that and it's a common mistake it's not um it's not unusual to do that as you grow up you'll learn from your mistakes and you realize oh maybe i shouldn't have done that and this um and luckily lauren and i are here to help you see through it and you know to explain how does this happen and and that everyone can do it. It's not just, isn't even for people in ABA sometimes reinforce the wrong things. So don't be too stressed about it. Um, we all travel on public transport, for example, and we see how people interact with each other. So the girl on the bus wouldn't pay and the bus driver turned off the engine and someone else paid their fare so we could get moving. And it was so, like, and it's so annoying to see that this inappropriate behavior of, well, I didn't bring money was reinforced but maybe the lady was in a rush uh and needed to get going uh, and you know and she forgot her purse or she forgot her cards but it can still be upsetting you know it can still be upsetting okay we're all delayed because this lady so now and you know what mostly some people or most people will just be embarrassed and say okay i didn't i, I need to remember to bring money but there's always that small amount of people or maybe not, not as small as I think there are that would be that would think oh okay this worked one time let me try it another another time and you know some people maybe get away with going on the bus without paying because this behavior has been reinforced so this is just you know this is just a little 
example, small example of how uh, behavior can be reinforced. It doesn't have to be with someone autistic, it can be with someone neurotypical. Um, so on the topic of who can do ABA, Lauren and I are now going to discuss, you know, a bit of our background or first interactions in the world of ABA. Uh, Lauren, would you like to go first or should I carry on? You go for it and then I'll, oh. I'll pitch in. Thank you. So my background is fashion. <laughs> so I took a 180 degree turn in my life. Uh, and I remember I was fed up with fashion. I was just, I'm done with you guys. The like stronger terms than clowns pops into my mind when I think about fashion. But, you know, that's just me. If you're in fashion, fair enough. I just it wasn't for me. And I remember I was working in a shop and a common friend of ours said, you know, you should try apply for this school because you like, you know, you you enjoy the company of children. You like teaching, etc. I went for the interview. And then when I got there on my first day and I was shadowing an, a colleague and I remember and I saw how she was motivating this young man as this teenager into asking for things and how to make him smile and trying to get words out of him because he he's both he could do some vocalizations but he's also a signer but he's quite lazy with both so she was doing things to bring that out of him uh, and I also looked around and I remember seeing you know other children learning and asking for things children that you know maybe without intervention they they wouldn't be able to do those things and i remember thinking okay i'm this is it this is what i like and i remember from day one i was just so happy that i was able to access that environment because it was all the learning it was all the all the good behaviors and all the all the positive traits were being reinforced so this is what i remember from my first interaction with aba and now let's hear from Lady Lauren. Hi. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to like, tune back to that time. I as a Carla, not a, a similar Carla. I did um I studied psychology, so I always knew I was going to work um in that kind of environment. I just didn't think it was going to be with kids with autism um directly. I was going to be I always dreamt that I was going to be a clinical psychologist. And at my university, the ladies that were um, running a, we had a community development program with a young man in a school and he had autism and we could volunteer. So I volunteered and he, um, I actually just, he was such a gorgeous child um, that I was like, oh, this is actually really quite nice. And the ladies that were running that community development project who were clinical master students had gone over to the UK to work with kids with autism. So I was like, oh, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll go to England and I'll work with kids with autism, and then I'll come back here with my experience, and then I'll become a clinical psychologist. And I think, similar to Carla, like, I arrived at the environment at school, and I just, I don't know, something just clicked. And I started working there, and I, you know, I needed the work at the time. I was brand new in the UK. I'd been there, like, a month or maybe two. And eight years later, I was still working in the same place. So it just, I think the environment... And I think I'll talk about it a bit later also. The environment is just so positive and encouraging that you feel like you can do anything. And that's how the staff made me feel about how they were helping the kids. And I am, wasn't really a natural positive person. So it was kind of opposite to me. And I love that I could still, I could, you know, I could become more positive through my work. So, yeah, it kind of sort of changed my life, really. So these kids and working in ABA. So, yeah. Um, that's just a little bit of my story. Carla, do you want me to just move on to the next topic? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Okay, so we've discussed what and we've discussed who can do ABA. So now let's talk about when. When can we do ABA or when should we start? And I always say as soon as possible, okay? It's never too late to start reinforcing the right behaviors or behaviors you want to see more of. Okay. Um, I don't think it's ever too late to start being positive about what you want to see and what you want to do. Um, I thought of this woman in the UK who was in a career for a very long time and in her 50s has launched a whole new new career. And she's so positive and I watch her because she's so passionate about what she does that I get um, I get reinforced by just watching her be so inspired by her own work. So I think it's never too late to start anything. Um, and I remember I, I, I speak about this man quite a lot, but he's one of the greats in the field of ABA. 
a doctor um, from America, and he was giving a training session to the organization I worked at at the time. And he showed a video, and it's a very old video of him because he looked very, you know, his hair was black and now his hair is gray and he doesn't have as much um, hair. Um, so it's quite an old video. But the reason he keeps showing the same video is because it has a huge impact on the audience. And I'll never, ever forget it is that he showed the video of a, of a man he was working with who was about in his 50s, I would say, um, and he had no form of communication. So he'd never been taught how to sign or how to picture exchange, you know, pics. Um, he had never been or um, any other way like to write or anything. And the doctor, he wasn't able to vocalize, basically. Um, and the doctor decided to try and teach him to sign for what he wanted. And I think it was a cookie. This guy really loved him a really nice sweet tooth like myself um and within five minutes of the video the doctor of the doctor teaching him to sign the cookie he began to sign and I remember I've got goosebumps talking about it I remember the video I was like wow this is so so powerful because he'd never been this man had never been given this opportunity to speak and now he was given five minutes and he was starting to communicate so I was so inspired that I thought I have to do some more ABA. I just have to be part of this because if this can help a man in his fifties communicate for the first time, and yes, it may be a simple way, but if he could do that, can you imagine what we can do with these young people we're working with with our 50 years of behaviors that we have to sort of sculpt? Okay. So yeah, I, I knew that, that I wanted to study further in ABA and I wanted to be part of the, the community of behavior analysts. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, so when is, it's always now. Don't don't worry about it's if you're I don't know forty, if you're seventy, if you're thirty. We have some um, listeners that are in their seventies, so we're so grateful for them. If you want to learn and you feel positive about stuff, it is never too late to start ABA. Um, Carla, do you want me to go on to my thing, or do you want to have your little bit now? No, I think it makes more sense. Why don't you do your bit, and then I'll say mine, then I'll carry on to my topic. Cool. Okay. Right. So. I use the principles of ABA, okay, behavior, however you want to call it, all the time, okay? I've done it with children I've babysat before, neurotypically developing children, however you want to frame a children that learn like everybody else, okay, normal children, okay, well, however you see it, um, and I say that with inverted commas because that's how sometimes people refer to it. It's not how I refer to it. Um, friends, Nicole and I have spoken about how we use it on our friends. I use it on my parents. And I've even used it like with staff I've managed. So when doesn't matter, okay, it's that you use it when it's appropriate. And um, I think I have used it successfully amongst uh, across very various environments. And as you said before, because it's behavior and everybody behaves, as Carter said, everybody does actions. Okay, that's translated into behavior that everybody else can see. Okay, so it doesn't matter. As long as you use it appropriately to reinforce positive behaviors, you will be successful and it's never too late. So that's all I want to say about when. All right. Amazing. My turn. So I want the example I wanted to do on when and then we'll wrap it up was something I discussed with my sister. And I think this must be the, I don't know, third or fourth time. I don't know. I mentioned my sister. So she should be very honored that I mentioned her. Um, so it's. There's a TV show that me and her like to watch called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have no sponsorship from Marvel. Not that they need it. Um, and there's this one of a character called Agent Ward. And he reveals himself to be one of the baddies and blah, blah, blah. And I remember saying to my... Because talking to my sister, and I think my dad was in the conversation as well. And we're talking about, you know, people when they, they're set a certain way they can't change. And I said, I disagree with you. I think if you change the contingencies around the person's life, they can change. And the, the argument, well, what? But with an adult person, it's quite a neurotypical adult person. It's quite hard to control or to change all the contingencies in their life because they can have access to the wrong reinforcement. Well, they didn't use this terminology. I'm using this terminology. Um, they can have the wrong reinforcement whenever they want. And I said, yeah, that's very true. They can be, they can reinforce themselves for the wrong behaviors. However, but that just means you can change it. You can technically, you can change it. You can change the contingencies. But yes, it's quite controlling to do it with a neurotypical adult. You can't be following them 24/7. And the fact of the matter is, our society is set up to sometimes reinforce the wrong, or a lot of times, to reinforce the wrong things. 
Um, so it is possible to change. Doesn't matter he's an adult, doesn't matter you're old, you can change at any point in your life. Uh, you just need to change the contingencies around it. And this agent, this, if we had like a whole full on debate about this fictional character, but I think that not everyone, no, I don't think it's always black and white. And I think sometimes people can change, but again, it depends on reinforcement and motivation and all those contingencies we mention all the time. Um, so it will depend on case by case, but you can do it at any point. Doesn't matter if they're young, doesn't matter if they're old, you can do it at any point. And like Lauren said, I also use ABA with people and <laughs> my friends all the time. Like I, it's just, it just becomes second nature in a way. And yes, and before someone said, oh, it's manipulative. Well, in a way, everyone does things that, you know, are better for them and for their point to come across. And I choose to use my powers for good instead of evil. So, so I'm very positive in that aspect. What well, right? Before I keep on babbling, let's go to the where section. Um, so, where should we do ABA? It's simple in all the environments. It's a simple and sensible way to apply the principle of ABA. And oh, I don't know if anyone can hear the banging when someone's banging really hard somewhere downstairs. If you are being consistent, um, you know, I couldn't someone... hear it, Carla. Sorry no. to interrupt you. No, so we're all right. You didn't hear oh. my dogs barking, so that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It, it brings a bit of a human component to the park. Absolutely. I hope people can hear the nature because I'm sitting in a different spot. So I hope they can hear the, the nature outside, the birds and the, the sunshine. I can't. But sorry. I know. Sorry. Okay, sorry. I'll leave you. No, it's fine. Uh, just who else who's banging? I'm not opening the door. I didn't ask for anyone to come in, so I'm not opening the door. Get your corona away from me. Um, so where was I? Sorry. Uh, so if you're being consistent in some environments and not in others, it can be confusing to the learner, and the behavior will tend to, you know, to occur or to stay as it is. So it's if you're doing something in one environment and you're not doing in the other, there'll be a contrast. And so even though some children will learn that they can behave a certain way in one environment and not in the other, other children might get confused and they'll just mix it up, mix, mix them up. And then the behavior will just be all over the place. And the more consistent you are, the more results you'll see and more rapid results uh, will occur. So inconsistency is a killer. You Consistency is actually the key to to a lot of things. It's it's the reason why, you know, you know, when you know some people, you say, oh, that person is very two faced. It's because that person has learned how to show a different side of them in one situation. And in the other situation, she shows another side because one side reinforces certain things, certain things and the others and the other environment reinforces other things. So it's the same with autistic children. They will they know where the reinforcement, they understand where the reinforcement will come from. And say, like, oh, I do this here, I get this, I do this there, I get that. So some behaviors are really hard to remove, especially challenging behaviors, if everyone is not doing the same thing. So we should all aim for consistency. Even with schools and other people, I always think teamwork is better. What's it called? Teamwork makes a dream work. I've heard that quite a few times where if everyone's on board and everyone's decided, you know what, if the child does this, he gets this. And if he does that, we, we don't do this because if everyone's the same, the child will learn, oh, I can't get away with this. And that behavior will decrease and, you know, maybe we replace with another behavior, but that unwanted, inappropriate behavior will, you know, decrease. And there might be some people who think it's impossible to run AB in every environment. But when you observe every environment, you'll notice that ABA is already there. So, for example, when a child does well and receives social praise, whether in school or at home, that's ABA. That's that's social reinforcement. It's positive reinforcement uh, or ABA. So ABA observes and interacts with behavior and behavior shown in actions, like we mentioned. And actions happen constantly every day in every environment because we're always doing an action. We're always doing something or deciding something 
So ABA is already in every environment. You just need to try to flip it on its head to make sure you reinforce the appropriate behaviors that will benefit the child in a positive manner. Because you know what? If shouting gets you a cookie, yes, it benefits the child because they get the cookie, but it will make people not want to be around the child because they're always shouting for a cookie. So really, it would be best to teach them how to ask for it instead of shouting. Uh, that's my bit. Lauren, do you want to take it away? Thank you. I also wanted to say, Carla was talking about the, the basically inconsistencies are killer. Um, I remember having a parent come into school to because, you know, the organization I worked at was very um, transparent about the, the kinds of things you were doing with their kids and how you were teaching them. So we used to invite parents to come and watch their kids at school to see what they were learning and what what we felt worked best for them in the school environment. Um, and obviously take advice also from parents because, you know, parents are masters of their kids. They know their kids the best. So we're more than happy to take advice from parents because, you know, they know their kids in and out. Um, so anyway, I had this parent come in and the thankfully the child didn't know the parent was there um, because also that can be confusing. It's like, well, you live at home and the teachers live at school. So why are you why are you here? Um, and just as, as a sidebar, I had a child once ask me um, why why all the teachers live at school together because in their minds you know when they leave school, the school. <laughs> you know which makes perfect sense and when they arrive at school in the morning all the teachers are there so in their head the teachers fair live point fair point yeah, very i thought it was very clever actually like well thought out um anyway so the parent came into school and watched their child and i remember they didn't say anything and they were quite quiet and i was quite worried throughout the observation i was like oh i wonder what they're thinking about i didn't want to interrupt them and we had a chat at the end, and I remember them going, I, I, I'm sorry, I just cannot fathom who that child is in that room. And I was like, what do you mean? Like being really, like I was quite concerned. And they were like, that is not my child. Well, that is not the child that comes to my house, you know. And I was like, well, okay, could you, would you elaborate, please? And they were just so shocked at how much the child could do, their child could do. And it was a very pivotal moment for that family because I said to them, okay, right, we're going to show you how to do these things. Whether you come to school or I come to your house, we're going to start. And it actually changed the life of that family because they required more of this child and he became more successful in more environments and he was able to help his parents out at home as well as they helping him. So, you know, it, it that kind of um, balance is so much more is so important and that's where we also if there's people are requiring something of you in one environment and requiring something else of you in another you're going to be confused so consistency is key as Carla said so that I just thought I'd add that antidote I thought it was quite appropriate for there um, yeah cool I'm going to move on to how okay this does seem to be a bit of the tricky part. And we could talk about this for hours, Carl and I, definitely. We talk about this for hours in our own time. <laughs> so I don't want to waste any more of your time talking about how we no, just talk about ABA. No, let's do a full-on lecture. Let's do a full-on lecture. Why Should I get not? the slideshows out for... and the laser, oh, yeah, the laser a, pen? A bit of flowchart <laughs> and a quiz, yeah. as we like it. Why not? You know. <laughs> so, you know, we really, Carl and I can really, really talk about this for ages and give you the best advice, you know, that we could in a in a simple way, okay? And I think the most, the thing that I try to get across to people the most is is like the simplest version, I think, about how I see ABA. And I always say, if you pay attention to or give attention to or praise or reinforcement or rewards or however you want to see it, the behaviors you want to see you will see more of those behaviors. And if you ignore, okay, in commas, inverted commas, or you don't give much attention to, or you don't focus on the other behaviors that you don't want to see much of, you tend to see less of them, okay? And this can be applied to positive or negative people, okay? We all know those people who, what we call like energy vampires, okay? They love to be negative. They love to talk about drainers. Exactly. Drain. They love to to rehash all their problems on you and they like to talk about their dramas and you know you find that you tend to try and avoid people like that and if you haven't learned that already in your friendship group you will don't worry you'll get to a point 
where you will realize that this is no longer working because it's not balanced. All you do is moan and all I do is have to listen to this and I don't want to be cloaked in your moaning anymore. So if I, and I dare I say it, I don't want to say ignore, but if I don't give much attention to it, I don't focus on it and I redirect the conversation to something positive, I tend to find less moaning, okay? Sometimes that doesn't work and I just see less of that person, okay? But the behavior does start to reduce, <laughs> okay? You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Carla. So I was helping a family and um, they were talking about, you know, all the all the, the things that was going wrong and, you know, it's going to be quite difficult to listen to. And it's quite difficult to talk about too. And I was helping them with their son and I was like, you know what, can I just give you a piece of advice before I leave and I never see you again? Let's say it doesn't work out between us. I want you to try and focus your attention on positive things, okay? Anything that this your young person does or your child does that's positive and, and tell them. I like it when you do that. Oh, I love that you do that. Thank you so much for helping me. You're so helpful. Give them a little bit of positivity. You'll see more of those behaviors. If you tell them all the time what you don't like and what they're doing is wrong and how you don't like this and you this and this and this, you're lazy, blah, blah, blah. That's, they probably, first of all, don't want to spend time with you. Or that's all that they'll think that they are, are those behaviors, okay? And I just think that is probably the most simple way to think about it is like, you know, and Carla and I can talk about this. We both worked in the service industry, okay? We've both been waitresses and we both worked like in a shop. And you get people that are come in and, and demand stuff from you are often the clients you don't really want to be that nice to. You have to because you work there, but you're more likely to help someone who comes in and who is more, you know, give, you know, it lightens the load on you. It's like, oh, you know what? I had this issue. Can you help me do this? I've tried that. Okay, not coming in. Oh, I want to see the manager. Blah, blah, blah. You just see the difference immediately, you know? And unfortunately, sometimes inappropriate behavior does get reinforced. People who are louder and more demanding tend to get more attention. We need to be better as a society not to allow that to happen, okay? I ignore loads of people all the time. People shouting at me, I'm like, I'm not going to talk to you until you speak to me at a reasonable volume. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, so we've just got to be better at doing things like that. And I think, yeah, it's focusing on positives is just a better way to do things. And as I said earlier, I wasn't a really positive person. I used to quite like to moan. Um, and living in England was perfect for me because they also like to moan. And so do South African people, don't get me wrong. Um, but I felt that that's all I did. And I wasn't very motivated to go anywhere. And when I started being more positive and working in a positive environment, I started to see more of who I really was underneath those layers. And I was actually better. I mean, I studied again after years of not studying. Um, I've gone on to do quite a lot of exciting things because I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Let's be positive. Let's go for it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see myself through this. And I don't think I would have been that person had it not been for starting to work in the field of ABA. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, as we said before, you know, knowledge is power. The more you know about anything, if the more you know about ABA, the more you start really observing behavior, really seeing behavior, the more you understand how certain behaviors are reinforced and therefore maintained in different environments. Okay, the more you clued up or the more observant you become, the more powerful you will feel. And, you know, if you want to learn more, obviously, please come to some of our workshops. We're having online workshops. Check our website. We'll talk about that at the end. But we have lots of things we want to talk about. We're very passionate about it. We are nice able to help people. Yeah. I thought it was a good segue. Um, but yeah, we, we started this, Carl and I started this, because we wanted to share our experiences with people and we didn't have an appropriate platform. And now yeah. we feel like we just can't stop. We're on this journey and it's just going to keep going. And we're going to do everything we can to reach as many people as we can because we genuinely believe we're able to help people. And the more that we have, more people we help, the better we feel about helping the next person. Hey, Carla, do you also feel like that? Yeah, I agree. And Lauren and I, we have lots of admin meetings, um, and we're gonna about we're about to start increasing them. <laughs> and it's all we talk about, like, oh, we need to save this, so when we are able to do this in the future and prepare this and prepare that. And the knowledge is power, like Lauren said. Like you just, the more you know, the bet, like the more informed you are, the better you'll you'll be. And we've reached a point in our society that everything is on our fingertips. So I think we need to use that in a in a good way. And um, I wanted to say because we were talking about you know, in working in restaurants and shops and whatever. Because we've all we've done that, isn't it? And um, I remember. Unfortunately, this. we have. I done know. That. I well, know. actually, you know what? It is a huge, huge, humbling experience. Yeah. 
Because everybody who likes to moan about service and get in your face about service often doesn't work in the service industry or never has. And yeah, I, I liked don't, it. Yeah. I, 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 I loved it because it's good. It, I think it's a good way to feel very it's – a, it's a good, honest day's work. And I loved, like, earning tips from people. I felt like <laughs> if I was good and I brought you a smile, I – you know, I interacted with you in the best way or gave you good service. I got something back from that. And not only tips, but like, it just made me feel better. Like the day went back smoother. Yeah, I remember that the best tip I ever gotten was on an afternoon tea I was running where I made a lot of dirty jokes. <laughs> oh, God, of course you did, Carla. <laughs> and I gotten so many tips. It was amazing. Like, I don't think, you know, the younger women in the family were quite amused and the men, but some of the older oh, ladies were Of course. But the, men, but the gentlemen and the younger ladies, they all tipped me because they found it oh. so funny. I'm like, yeah, good, thank you. Um, that yeah. got reinforced, didn't it? Um, <laughs> but I was actually going to say She still about, does that, by the way, so it definitely did I get do. reinforced. I do. I just don't do it for the podcast because it's not professional, but yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say about when I used to work in a shop and I remember this one client, two clients actually, one she had broken this crystal figurine I used to work for a crystal shop and and I said look we can't repair it because of the where the damage is it's not a manufacturer damage I explained it to her and she turns to me and she goes what am I supposed to do with this Bee! then and I just looked at her and I literally walked away and I don't care who says it's unprofessional I'm in my workplace please don't come swearing at me because I don't go around swearing at people in people's workplaces. So uh, I'm not friends with you. Don't swear at me. And, when I t- and then she packed up and she left without another word. And I told this to my manager. And she was just, you just turned her back on her. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no, you can't treat me that way. You can't just come and swear at me. It's not my fault you broke your figurine. I've explained to you the process. I can get you customer relations numbers. But sorry, change your language. Also, I've had a client once shouting at me because she ruined a, uh, a ring and she she wanted changed. And she was harassing the other clients. And I actually told her, if you don't calm down right now, I'm going to call security to remove you from the shop. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry that you took a half day off to do this. I'm sorry you broke, you, you ruined your ring. But I don't see how that's other people's problem. And people can't tolerate no. People don't like a no. So the more they whine, the more they know they'll get stuff. But I think there's ways and ways of whining for things. It's oh, yeah. Just, uh, I've called anyway, security. It is, I it used is. to work at a hospital, and I've called security on many a person. I was like, yeah. I don't actually need you to be leaning over the desk and screaming in my face because you missed your appointment, and now it's my problem. I was like, sorry. If you missed your appointment, you need to schedule another one, which means you have to go in this queue. You don't get to shout at the person at the front desk. That's not yeah. appropriate. And you know, and I'm, so, I'm sorry you're upset. It's not great. Yeah. But, but, but again, I guess, you know. I was just going to say, like, it's, I know it's frustrating. And when I'm late and, you know, I'm in traffic and I'm frustrated, but it's just trying to think, why do we think? Why do people think it's okay to unload on other people? That's, you know, that would be quite interesting for us to debate because it's it's quite fascinating. Why do people yeah. think it's okay yeah. to unload onto other people? Anyway, let's um, move on. To, oh, do you want to say anything? Can I just say why? one thing? And it's yeah. so, it's it was an advert here in South Africa and it's quite funny because it's quite pertinent. There was a, uh, a man, you know, it, um, when you check in, well, not that we remember, like at an airport, <laughs> you check in. <laughs> it's a distant memory now. Oh, um, my God. But when you check in, you speak to the lady, okay? If, you know, you know, some places they actually have people that you still speak to. The other ones, there's machines. Anyway, mm-hmm. there was a man and he missed his flight or something had happened. And um, the lady behind the counter, the check-in lady, don't know what her name might be, was um, just listening to him and he's like, you know, you're not listening to me. I missed my flight. And he's screaming at her and she's like, listen, so sorry, I can't help you. If you missed your flight, you have to repurchase a new flight, whatever. And he was like, do you know who I am? Screaming at her. And she literally, in the advert, she pulls the mic and she says, everyone, you know, she announces, attention all passengers, there's a man here who doesn't know who he is. <laughs> and that's the, whole, that's the whole advert, like how she just takes the wind completely out of his sails. Excellent, excellent advert. Anyway, I'm going to be quiet. Oh my now. Day. No, it's fine. I love that. That's actually really funny. I love it. <sighs> that's not quite funny. Sorry. Um, you shouldn't tell me these things because then I'm, I'm thinking about them and I find them amusing. Um, so the last 
the before last topic we're going to talk about is why. So why should we do ABA? So the simple reason would be that you will be able to do so many amazing things in a simple manner, in a simple way. Because in our view, like ABA, of course, depend like it does vary a bit about the, depending on the person's applying it. But we, the way Laura and I like to do it is let's keep it simple. Like let's just keep it simple. Um, my dad used to say, "Kiss, keep it simple," and then the last S is an insult. But you know, I prefer to remove the insult. So just keep it simple. And our clients do often tell us that the methods we've used in order to shape a behavior, it's it's so simple and easy to do, especially once you get used to it. Uh, and we've had the honor and the privilege of seeing some amazing improvements with the clients we work with. And you know, just it will just give you a few examples. Like um, we've had a child beginning to speak when they've only ever signed or used another communication method, and that's major for parents and for the child. Uh, a child learning to feed themselves for the first time or learning the value in their peers and, you know, wanting to interact with other children and, or young adults learning to be able to attend their work experience with the help of an adult or even, you know, young adults or teenagers learning how to use public transportation without needing an adult there. Uh, reducing self-harm in young people so they can be more independent and access more communities, reducing problem behavior or destructive behaviors, they can access, you know, more environments and, you know, more activities. And this is just to name a few, like the list could go on and on and on and on. And I think, I think probably for Lauren, for Lauren, our biggest motivation as to why we should use ABA is to see the positive effect it has on the learners we work with is to see their happiness, their, you know, realization, I can do this, or actually just doing it. And, you know, it's just those, those little things that they just, they all together become really big. And even with people who are not autistic, even with neurotypical uh, people, I, you know, we like to help people we care about. And we like to devise a simple and easy way of getting them to their goal. And if you can contribute a bit to them, then the world's better, little by little. And I know people, there's a lot of, let's do this globally. And so, and we should, we should all aim to be better globally. However, we should start in our community. Because if everyone did things in their community, that all those little things will add up to a big one. So all the little commu communities will add up to the world. And that's why we do ABA. And Lauren, do you want to say anything on the why before we go into end and thoughts? Not really. I, I just, <laughs> you know, I, and I know Carla, I have, have been very, very fortunate to see beautiful things through ABA with a, a lot of the communities I've been involved with. And, and even the parents you work with, like just seeing that the change in them is just so, so beautiful. Like seeing a parent feel more like a parent as opposed to a carer. You know, or yeah. someone that has to support this child the whole time, like having a relationship with your child when you've cut through all the destructive behavior and the problem behavior and whatever. It's so it's so it's so magical to see that. And I think, as you said, the more we can use it, the better we can. And let's use the best parts of ABA for for great stuff. And let's start local. You're right. And what's that whole saying? It's like, go global, but start local or something like that. Oh, we're never that's, gonna, that's something nice. like that. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. never going to get. To where we need to be, if because the world is so enormous, if we don't start with our own community, then we've got to start on our own soil, you know. So yeah, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. So should I do my end thoughts and then you close it up? Yeah, cool. All right. So what I have to say is, after all this overall chit chat, um, and this episode actually, I think we sound very excited with this episode uh, because it's just it's who should do ABA or who can do ABA and why. It's called Who Can Do ABA, but it's it's more than that. It's how, why, all the things we talked about. And I knew I loved ABA the first day I experienced it, and I've mentioned this earlier. And the main reason was because it just made sense. And like Lauren said, it clicked. It just clicked. And it made sense to focus on positive behaviors, to reinforce them. And even though at the time I didn't know this term terminology, now I look back, I'm like, yes, exactly, that's what it is. And when I look back at my own life before understanding ABA, I realized I've just been using it all the time. I've done ignoring inappropriate behavior 
when it's attention seeking. So for example, people making comments my way or giving a present to someone as a thank you for their help. So I'm reinforcing appropriate behaviors and anyone can learn terminology and having an open mind is harder to teach than the actual terminology. And, you know, that's that just made, when I me coming from fashion and doing ABA, I, that's what made me realize anyone can do it. I think everyone can do it. Everyone can run the procedures. Everyone can use the principles. You just need to be open-minded. And not everyone's open-minded, unfortunately. But hopefully, as the next generation comes, if we create a, a more nurturing and positive environment for the next generation, they'll learn it and they'll teach it and it will become like a snow snowball effect. So that's my hope for, for the future, my end thoughts. Lauren, do you want to give us yours, please? Thank you. I love that. Um, I think also, like uh, what Carla was saying, it's, you know, it's so important for people to pass it on. And that's what we kind of also wanted to do with our podcast and our workshops and our just our general um, way of life is trying to like is trying to get people to see how we see things or to experience something without having a judgment on it first, I think is quite important. Anyway, um, I'll give you my insults. Okay. Um, I remember I was talking about it earlier, a little bit about my first experiences with ABA and the organization I worked in. I just, I remember I just loved the energy and the positive environment. And I remember thinking that the children look so happy and engaged and stimulated by the environment and their teachers and I think I've visited other schools, okay, maybe mainstream schools or whatever, however you want to term it, and seen kids not as engaged. And I thought this is quite interesting because these children don't have the capacity, aren't learning at the same rate, okay? They don't have the, not have the capacity, but they weren't learning at the same rate as the mainstream school kids were, okay? And I remember thinking the staff was so amazingly patient and kind and caring and accepting of the children, the young people, who they were. And I just loved that. It just made me feel so, I wanted to be part of it immediately. And I think I, I really adored seeing the interaction between the staff and the kids. And our school was very small. I mean, I think we had like 17 children, like one seven in the whole place. So it was very small. Um, and I immediately knew that I wanted to be part of this journey. The kids were just sensational. We just have the best time hanging out with those kids and you know I've seen some incredible things in my career as I said earlier and I I know that that is because of the ABA okay and it's played a massive part in it and if not all of it but also that the the people that I was surrounded by and the kids I was fortunate enough to and privileged enough to be to be their teacher just created such a beautiful environment to learn I wish people would see it the way we see it, because I think that would be very, very powerful and, and have to see it really as it is would be really, really special. So if you have the opportunity or the gift to be able to see ABA being taught to young people and them thriving that environment, I encourage you to go and try and find that. Not just rubbish YouTube videos of punishment. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me start. So we have some, well, we have a few suggestions. We like to, um, if we feel particularly inspired or something that'd be really helpful, we'd like to put at the end of the podcast, so in the online articles and things. So The Verbal Behaviour Approach by Mary Barbara is a really, really good book. Um, it's She's a mum and she wrote this book and she's now a BCBA and she's, I think she's also a doctor and something. I think so, but she, yeah. oh, She's a nurse. She, She's a nurse or something. So she's got a lot of experience and her book is beautifully written. It's really easy to read um, and it's just helpful. I found when I was in, I was really in the field of AVA, but when I read her book, things made more sense to me. I don't know. It just mm. did. It clicks. Um, and Carla and I um, know some lovely young ladies who are running yes. a really, really lovely club called Sunnyside, as in the sun and side, Sunnyside Club. And you can find them on Facebook, um, which is, if you just put in Sunnyside Club, it'll come up. Or it's Sunnyside Ealing Club, but also facebook.com slash Sunnyside Ealing Club. Um, go and have a look. They're running some lovely, lovely little groups for kids. And um, I think they really deserve a lot of attention, a lot of support. So please go and support them. We really love to hear that 
people are able to support them and their journey um, as a club. Um, and also there's um, a first course in applied behavior analysis by Paul Chance, which you can find on Amazon for £15, which is really, really helpful. So we thought we'd mention that too. Yeah. Um, can I just and, say, yep. sorry, sorry, just on the first course, because I quite like that book, because the way it's written, it's set up like a classroom. So it has pupils, it's all narrative, but it has pupils from different areas and a teacher and uh, it's 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 written like a dialogue like a play so it's quite a different format than lots of ABA books it's a bit more interactive um so it's a, I think it's a good read it's on Amazon for like 15 pounds so have a look it's always good to, to read I think yeah absolutely and um you can also find the Sunnyside Club on Instagram so please go and have a look follow them find out about that because they got their posters and information on there too um, if you would like to contact us, email us. Please email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. That's aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. Or, of course, go to our website, which is www.abaowls.com. Our next podcast episode will air on the 2nd of November, so the first Monday of the month. And please feel free to email us or message us. Uh, it's uh, on Instagram at ABA underscore owls. Um, or if you have a particular topic you'd like to us to address, I mean, just also, if you like something, if you didn't like something, you know, we prefer positive comments, obviously, but we also like feedback. So if people are listening and they want to drop us a line, we welcome feedback. We welcome emails. We welcome people talking to us. Because um, every week we're like, hey, will someone send us something? And no one does. You're like, oh, shame. So, don't be shy, please. Um, so rate, like, and subscribe us on Chirping with ABA Owls on iTunes and on Instagram and Facebook. And I think that's all we have for, for now. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.